You're listening to AIB Market Talk with our latest financial market update. Hello and welcome to our weekly AIB Market Update on Tuesday the 1st of June. I'm John Herfnan from our Customer Treasury team and I am joined this week by AIB's Chief Economist Oliver Mangan to discuss recent developments on the financial markets and look to the week ahead. Ollie, as economies begin to open up, in particular the US and Europe, there is a sense of optimism in the air. Euro dollar, like most markets, remain range bound, even after last month's payrolls figure coming in with the biggest uh, miss to the downside on record. What do you foresee for these economies? And indeed, what of the payroll reading due this Friday? Okay, well, obviously, the payroll reading is going to take a lot of attention. I mean, Normally speaking, I'm, I'm working many, many years in markets, and the U.S. employment report with that payroll number is probably the biggest dial mover in markets um, in terms of its importance. It, it gives, you know, we have, we'll have data next Friday, which is the 4th of June, uh, on the employment situation in the U.S. for May, so it's right up to date. And in the U.S. in particular, the Fed pays a lot of attention to labor market data. It, it just doesn't drive policy on the back of inflation. It has a dual approach. So the labor market is very, very important in terms of its consideration. So as you said, the, the figure for April, I mean, the economy was opening up. Restrictions were being lifted, a uh, big rebound in spending, etc. The Biden fiscal stimulus taking effect. And the expectation was, I mean, in the U.S., uh, you know, the, the number of the numbers on the payroll, sorry, payrolls, total employment is about eight and a half million below where it was before the pandemic struck. So that's a lot of jobs still missing. And in the May, sorry, in the April data, which were published a month ago, the expectation is we would get a rise of about one million in payrolls, and it only came in at two hundred and sixty-six thousand. So as you say, that's been the biggest uh, miss in terms of forecasts uh, on record. So. Economists are scratching their heads wondering why that was the case. And for this month, for the May figures, which come on Friday, they're forecasting the rise of employment somewhere between 650 and 700,000 in non-farm payrolls. Now, there's a wide margin of error with that. It's important if we saw, you know, there is the prospect because the figure was so weak in April or below expectations that we could see a very, very strong figure for for May, let's say over, over a million and that would read out market concerns that the economy is starting to overheat, that the Fed might begin to tighten policy earlier than expected. But on the other hand, if we get a weak figure, it would stoke fears that what we're seeing in the US is a reluctance of many workers to go back to their jobs. I mean, there is, a, there is also a survey in the US which measures um, job vacancies, and there's about 8 million job vacancies in the US so if we see a very weak payroll number, you know, economists will be scratching their heads and the market scratching their heads wondering why that is the case. So the, the number is going to be important in terms of setting the agenda for the market over, over the summer. Um, and it could miss, and again, it, it could miss well to the downside. It could come in well if had expect, expectations. We saw what happened last month in terms of, you know, the economist forecasts were well off the mark. So it, it is important. Now I have to say the Fed has been out over the last month trying to convince the markets there'll be no early tightening of monetary policy here we're going to sustain our bond purchase program at its present size we may discuss scaling it back over the summer but when we have those discussions you know the actual tapering as they call it or scaling back of the purchase will come a long time afterwards so they will signal well in advance to the markets when they intend to start to scale back their bond purchases and others reduce the quantitative ease and begin to tighten policy. And the expectations in the market is that they'll discuss this over the summer and likely signal it could be the end of the year before they begin tapering policy. So with policy not likely to move, as you say, the currency markets, uh, the data being coming in strong, 
Uh, there's been speculation about that the central banks may tighten policy, but no indication that's going to happen anytime soon. So as a result, currency markets in particular have been trading in very narrow ranges over the last couple of months. And Ali, I, I recall last week on the Twitter Q&A you did um, for the business, there was questions to you around that unemployment aspect in the States. Do you think, um, or have the Fed even commented on the potential for structure, potential structural changes in the employment makeup in America at this stage, or it's too early to call and see what the number is? Yeah, and to be honest with John, we won't really know what the real story is until we see the, the these enhanced income support payments uh, wound down. And it's also the case in Ireland. I mean, the, the government has been indicating that the supports that are in place for business and households, etc., and the pop will will be extended, even though the economy is now opening up in June, uh, they'll certainly be extended until at least uh, September and maybe beyond that. So, um, you know, it may take some time before we see the, the full implications of this on the labour market. I mean, that there have been concerns that we'll probably call, you know, we've had a very deep recession last year here in the States and elsewhere. Uh, and there were concerns about what economists call scarring effects, which are long-term implications from such a deep recession. And the fear was that, um, you know, it took such a toll on economies and businesses that we might be left with what was called high levels of permanent unemployment. In fact, it might be unemployment that would remain perfectly high. It could be the fact that we'll see reduced labour force participation, which means more people wanted to, sorry, less people wanted to work. That might be the impact of, of the long-term impact of the pandemic. But it's going to take some t- time until that, we, you know, we're far from normalising the economies. Supports are going to remain in place for months. But as I say, this will be important in terms of a gauge. Certainly, are people returning to work in the States? I mean, the unemployment has come down pretty quickly. It's down below, it's down to 6.1% in April. It's expected to fall further in May. But it's a question, the, the real question is around, you know, there's over eight, there's 8.2 million people who are working 15 months ago, haven't come back to work, not on the payrolls. What's happening then? Uh, are they going to return to work over the summer months or not? Particularly with the amount of job openings that are there, the amount of fiscal stimulus that's in the economy. So that's a critical question. And as you say, only time will answer it. Now, I have noted in the US that some states are beginning to wind down those uh, federal income payments, those household support payments. Uh, so that might happen a bit more quickly in the US than elsewhere. Now, it's not everywhere. It's not all states, but t- particularly the Republican-leaning states are saying these income payments are a disincentive for people to go back into work. The jobs are there. The economy is opening up. We're going to scale them back. So uh, I, I think the answer to your question, we, we, it would probably take the summer before we see the true implications of this on the US labour market. And it may, as you've probably you alluded to many times recently, it may lead to wage inflation creeping into economies where, which hasn't happened in the last 10, 12 years, really. That's correct. Now, there's, there's, there's upper pressure prices, we know that, and raw, raw material prices, inputs, etc. And, you know, as I've said here in these podcasts before, Irish inflation could rise to 3% this year. It's already gone to 4% in the States. A lot of it is driven by upper pressure on energy prices. We've seen oil prices double in the last 12 months, upper pressure on commodities, a scarcity of raw materials. But the central banks are saying that's a one-year phenomenon. That you know, um, you know, the supply side will respond eventually, and uh, we will see inflation rates fall back next year. One thing that would undermine that argument would be if we saw an acceleration of wage inflation. That would really risk, if you like, price pressures becoming embedded within the economy. And you know, the, the bottom line here is if 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 there is a reluctance for whatever reason for workers to return in in strong numbers, 
and the jobs are there, well, employers are going to have to pay higher wages to get entice workers back. And then you have a concern from a central bank point of view where you have this, the so-called wage cost spiral. So if you have rising inflation and then rising wages and scarcity in labor markets and uh, upper pressure on prices, central banks may not be as patient uh, in, that, in those circumstances about holding off in terms of tightening monetary policy. And speaking of central banks, Ollie, um, we've heard a lot of talking from members of the ECB over the last week. For the benefit of our listeners, can you allude to what they've been saying and what it means for, say, the euro dollar going forward? Um, the ECB has this policy meeting for June. It's on next week. It's on June the 10th. And normally they don't say much in the lead up to, to, to those meetings. They have their considerations and then they have their press statement uh, or their meeting statement and press conference and they set out what they're thinking. But on this occasion, what we've seen over the last number of weeks has been upper pressure on bond yields in Europe. And it's been pretty significant. I mean, uh, you know, even the benchmark German yields are up by about 30 basis points. Italian yields are risen by about 50 basis points. That's an effective tightening of monetary policy because whatever Ireland and a lot of European countries is those long-term 10-year bond yields at the benchmark rates. So um, the concern has been uh, in Europe that with economic activity strengthening and, and inflation picking up, that the ECB could start to tighten monetary policy over the summer. Now, I don't mean increase interest rates. I mean scale back the amount of asset purchases or bond purchases are making, in other words, quantitative easing. So we've had a stream of central bank speakers led by the ECB president, Madame Lagarde, um, the chief economist, and other ECB council members coming out at, and giving various speeches saying, you know, it is too early to discuss slowing our bond purchase program. The recovering activity is only beginning to happen. Uh, and from our point of view, uh, we'll be keeping policy largely on hold over the summer months. So what the, the June meeting is important because we get quarterly forecasts uh, once every three months from the ECB. And uh, the next set are actually will be produced for that June meeting. We won't see another set until September. And if there's ever policy moves, it's often around those new forecasts in terms of what they're saying. So there will be upward revisions, I expect, to the growth forecast, to the inflation forecast. But the ECB officials, the, the key council members, are coming out ahead of that meeting is saying these these will not be grounds for us to move and start tightening monetary policy and scale back our asset purchases over the summer. So I think you know tapering by the ECB is not on the agenda this summer, and it'll be into autumn before they consider making any moves in policy. So this has had the desired effect. I mean, it's they weren't targeting exchange rates or weren't targeting long term interest rates, and over the last few days we have seen a decline in bond yields as the ECB moved to dampen down those fears about policy tightening over the summer. So what we have, you mentioned the exchange rates there, it's still more or less the same. I mean, the Fed's saying we're off the pitch, we're not going to be doing anything anytime soon. The Bank of England is saying the same thing. The ECB is clearly saying that ahead of its meeting. So we have the currency markets um, largely range-bound uh, over the last couple of months. All economies are recovering. All central banks are saying we're satisfied with the current policy settings. So it's not really much for, for, for currency markets to move on. And they have been in that narrow range. And unless we see uh, Friday's employment report in the US destabilize market expectations in terms of rate forecasts and what the central bank might do, the, the Fed might do, it's likely that we could see uh, range trading for currencies continue over the summer months. And I suppose, Ollie, looking to the week ahead, all roads really lead to the payrolls on Friday. There's nothing there that's going to um, stir Euro sterling, I take it, from its current um, 
tight range round it's kind of hit into. Yes, it's really been trading in around 86p now for the last couple of months. Uh, there's very little uh, UK data out this week and certainly not, nothing that would, that would move markets. So uh, we have had the preliminary PMI data for May. Um, we'll get the final figures obviously this week, but they show that the recovery and activity is you know, really racing ahead in the UK as the economy uh, reopens and with a large portion of the population now vaccinated. I mean, there, there are obviously concerns about the, the, the Indian variant, etc. But overall, there is considerable momentum now in the UK economy in terms of the, this pace of recovery. But remember, that, that economy had the biggest contraction nearly of all last year, contracted by 10%. Growth forecasts have been uh, upgraded for this year, you know, to 65 7%. I think markets are largely expecting that and further strong growth next year. But the indications from... Now, I have to say, the, the there have been indications from a couple of what we call the Monetary Policy Council members uh, uh, in regards to the Bank of England, that they might have to hike rates next year or begin to hike rates to tighten policy next year. But again, very much on the sidelines over the summer, uh, going to allow the recovery take root. They're not completely out of the, out of the woods. And either, indeed, we can't say the same about most economies in terms of fresh variants, the virus, etc. But so far, so good, strong recovery underway, and central banks allowing that to 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 your economies to to race ahead certainly for the present time and certainly over the summer so yeah nothing really you, that would suggest any major move in sterling uh, not just now but certainly over the, over the rest of the summer great ollie as always thank you for your time and the information and thank you to all our customers and listeners for joining us on this week's podcasts and thank all of you who engaged with us on twitter last week for ollie's q a we'll be doing another session on thursday the 10th of june at 10 a.m so please do follow at Treasury AIB if you want to get involved. To stay up to date on the latest market developments, please subscribe to AIB Market Talk on the podcast apps wherever you source your podcasts. And for those impacted on, by the pandemic, you can find details of AIB support packages at aib.ie forward slash COVID-19. Stay safe and stay well. Take care. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of AIB Market Talk. Allied Irish Bank's PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. First Trust Bank is a trademark of AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority. Allied Irish Bank GB and Allied Irish Bank GB Savings Direct are trademarks used under licence by AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority.